Hello, cousins from different dozens. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. The Merseyside derby is back, and it's Moyes versus Mourinho in the Prem. It's Friday, 19th of February. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vidushila Hunteraja. Welcome, one and all, to your fabulous Friday, Lukey and Vichy, and me in your ears. Gentlemen, are you still glowing from that Europa League action last night? I'm glowing from having a little Vichy on a little dishy in the, <laughs> on the show today with us. Yeah. Great stuff. Would you prefer yeah. Vich on a dish or nugs on rugs? <laughs> why, 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 have, why would I have to choose? I mean, I presumed I'd love a little vish on my rug in front of the fire on a Friday evening. What's going uh, on here, by the way? What's, 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 what's with this? Vish, we'll, we'll bring you in when we're done with this. Couple, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sadly for, for me, and admittedly for Vish as well, it will be breaking lockdown protocols. So yeah, I won't have a round on my rug uh, delivered by Deliveroo. Mm. Uh, I'll have to just admire him from a distance. Yes. I th- I Does that answer you? question Marcus well yes clearly uh, <laughs> and n- none of us is none of us have uh, given up Vish for Lent so we're going to crack on um, no, no way Vish do you want to come in on that because yeah, I feel like you might feel like you, we're talking about you when you're not around and uh-huh. you are around well it's a little bit like you know I, I've, I've partaken in the objectifying of Jim Campbell and I'm kind <laughs> of doing have. the same thing although people want me as a pet now so yeah yeah, and I'm confused. So you'll never be as attractive as Jim Fish, I don't think. We can we can only but strive, can't we? <laughs> I think yeah. of you more as an anti-pasty or pasta. <laughs> Sorry, what, Jim's what? the main course these days. Isn't he? That is a massive bump up. Anti-pasty, oil me, oil me, have me with bread. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, as you can probably tell by the tangent we've gone down, no, I didn't really enjoy the Europa League last night. <laughs> I never do. No, I, I don't mind. Come on. What about, what about uh, Steve and Gerrard's Rangers beating Royal Antwerp 4-3? That was a good game. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Yeah, you should have done. <laughs> you should have done. I see Welcome something. to the Football Ramble. <laughs> didn't watch that All one. Right. Next. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose, the, 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 Marcus, if I, can, if I can kind of describe... So, so I, I do enjoy the Europa League to an extent. I enjoyed Latter watching... stages. Yes, absolutely. I enjoy the latter stages, of course. And, mm-hmm. and it feels like, I, mean, I think we've talked about it before, it's kind of got an air of a tournament that doesn't really get going to like the quarterfinal stage. But I, I kind of enjoy, like, I don't know, Man United win. I know, I know actually, it's a poor example because Real Sociedad are quite a good team. But say Spurs, what Spurs did last night. Yep. I enjoy that the same way I enjoy watching a really one-sided boxing match. Yep. But mm-hmm. I don't think it should go on all the, for, for too long. And I don't think it should happen every single week. So it's it's enjoyed enjoyment, but with a caveat. I, <laughs> I see. Well, I, I would like to draw a little bit of uh, attention to Rangers because that was a great win for them, obviously, 4-3 away from home. But it's... Uh, what Gerard's done there is, or is doing there is, is quite impressive. They're still unbeaten in the league, having played 29 games. In 29 games, they, they're the, the top scorers in the league. They've only conceded eight goals in 29 games in the league. Although in the Europa League, they seem to concede a little bit more freely. I think they've conceded in two draws with Benfica. Was it five or six? Perhaps five goals? It's not they use the Europa League as a holiday, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Have, have a bit of fun with it. And break off. Fun with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happens yeah. in the Europa League stays in the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they've all got shirts with the names on their backs, haven't they? Yeah. Although, the nicknames, that's what they should do, nicknames are on they, the back Are of they the still shirt. sponsored by the Pussy Patrol? Oh, dearie me. But, um, yeah, it was a good win for them, nonetheless. Barisic, when he scored 
the winner uh, from the penalty spot, he gave a little fist pump right in the goalkeeper's face. <laughs> was there a bit of high, was there a bit of an issue before the penalty was taken then? Because he went right up to him because he even bit... saved the first one, didn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. So I should say he scored uh, the first penalty. I don't know. Maybe the keeper was trying to put him off. I didn't quite see what prompted that. But it doesn't take much often, does it? No, no, uh, not at all. In football, um, no. good win though. Good win. Arsenal and Benfica. They drew uh, one. Or they last met in 1991 when Sven's mighty Benfica swatted aside George Graham's Arsenal three-one. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. Early bench for the big man. <laughs> yeah, you enforce that, don't you? You just, I mean, what people want a little glimpse behind the curtain, you just enforce that. Like, it's a little algorithm. It's not the same as a Luke's game algorithm. And, and you just, you type it in and it says, this is how you can link Sven to the ramble today. And you put it in there. Late, late doors when poor old Finn and Charlie have probably gone to bed after a day's hard work. Uh-huh. And, and you probably do some kind of thing in the shared docs and no one can change it. And here we are. Yeah, indeed. I did, um, I did, I did I did wonder why Marcus was so keen on the sound check at the beginning, distracting both Luke and I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Went to business. Went to business. <laughs> um, uh, it, but, you know, Arsenal, there's there's a bit to do. Um, David Luiz against his old club, of course, Benfica. I um, like to bring this up as much as, uh, as much as possible. I went to watch Benfica many moons ago, probably about 11 years ago now with Andy Brassel. And I saw David Luiz play and I said, oh, I quite fancy him for a big move. Big money oh, did move. you? Uh, and Fabio Coentrao, they were the two I, 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 I spotted. It's the only shout I've ever made that had any kind of value. And as I say, it was about 11 years ago. And I oh, like to enough. remind everybody of it uh, as much as possible. I think I yeah. did that on a, on a recent Ramble stream on the Patreon, but there we are. Uh, talking of um, sexiness, as we mentioned, Sven, what about the referee during Manchester United and uh, Real Sociedad? Oh, beauty. V- very handsome young man, wasn't he? Yeah. Nice to see I think I think referees are, are we getting so into uh, so critical of referees that mm. we're actually not enjoying enough their aesthetic uh-huh. offerings and then I think of the referees that we have in the Premier League and I think no that's not the point <laughs> that's not the case well um are referees getting sexier fish well, I th- I think they I think they need to I wonder you know how <laughs> <laughs> you know there's nothing like a pretty face to dissipate you know quite a, a tense situation and I think yeah. if we're going to have hot referees let's have hot referees oh, yeah, I do wonder so. we're going to you know more. we've seen a lot of ex-players moving into management of course and we're going to see a, you know a younger generation going in so we're going to have referees with tattoos we're going to have referees with you know piercings who are going to look <laughs> after themselves a bit more you know are we entering a hot era is what I'm saying and, and <laughs> well, I think the, we are the attitude era of referees <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah I, I, I do you know what I've never been I, Pete Donaldson obviously um, uh, uh, pointed this out to us as uh, as he often does but um, speaking of referees being aesthetically pleasing Luke you'll remember and perhaps you will Vish um, I can't remember his name but England played I think it was Ecuador ahead of Perhaps the 2014 World Cup. Right. And uh, it was a game... I, I could be a little bit wrong here, but I'm pretty sure it was 2014 World Cup. Is it the 2 all where Ricky Lambert scored? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think England had yeah. a sending off. I think it was Raheem Sterling where he got sent off and it was like a pre-World Cup friendly and he, he all did, got yeah, a bit feisty. Did. But, yeah, then, but uh, Antonio Valencia got sent off for Ecuador as well. Uh, did he? Yeah, okay. And yeah. there was a bit of a downpour, uh, I think. Yeah. Because the game was maybe in Miami. And Where are you going with this? Well, the referee... <laughs> 
And then England went to the tournament, and uh, <laughs> and we were all singing three lines in the pub. It was brilliant. Anyway, and Sven, and Sven turned up out of nowhere, didn't he? Anyway, let's have a break. So who was the referee? The referee with the big arms. Remember him? No, vaguely, but it's a very long run-up to something that's very difficult for me to remember, Mark. It was seven years ago. It's a ref and a friendly. Come on. All right, fair play. You didn't want to talk about the Europa League, so... Uh... <laughs> that is also true. I do, I do want to talk about Lucas Moura's goal. That was amazing. All right, OK, I fair do enough. think Wolfsburger are absolutely Hang on. shit. You've just brushed over Manchester United beating Real Sociedad 4-0. Vish is chomping at the bit to talk to Go them. on, Vish. We're the best. We're the fucking best. <laughs> Come, come kneel at our altar, is what I say to you. you what a win, league. though. I yeah, Fish, yeah, what, pretty, was I mean, it? what was it about Real Sociedad who thought, it, it, you know, it was like something out of Blackadder, you know, the Blackadder the Fourth. It was like, mm, our, our high line is our cunning plan. We just, it's going to work in a minute. All the time. It was, I don't know. Manchester United could have won that game 7 or 8 nil with the chances they had. They have pace on the break and they just kept murdering them. And, and, and Real Sociedad were like, yeah, it's, nah, we're going to catch him offside in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely oh, ridiculous. They'll be so embarrassed. Wait, they'll check this one for VAR and that was allowed as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I was um, I was very impressed actually, specifically um, with Dan James. It was nice to see. Him. I know we've spoken a bit about him before about how he's starting to be a bit more confident after you know quite a tough time. But yeah, the United were were relentless. Really, everyone got a piece of something ahead of the weekend. Um, yeah, and you know United have been a bit here and there over the last few weeks in the league. And yeah, it, it was kind of incredible to see. I actually thought it got to a point where I was like, okay, like, chill out a little bit. You know, it's. it's don't don't do this to them. Um, and yeah. then they just kept doing it to them. Chill out a little bit. Um, well, yes, yeah, so I think that's it. And, um, we, 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 you mentioned Spurs, Luke. We, we'll talk about that. A few people, but was it Spurs who were playing at the Young Boys Stadium? The Wankdorf. Yeah, because that is because people kept saying that the, the Young Boys Stadium spelt Wankdorf, which is that's the name of the stadium, though. Don't keep saying it. Yeah, <laughs> I call it the Dorf. Uh, yeah. but, uh, I, I mean, if you're talking about things in the in the, in in the stadiums that that caught the eye, I, I'm I'm pretty certain I saw I saw highlights of the Slavia Prague Leicester game. Oh yeah, and Slavia Prague had like a logo or a motto on the on the stand saying Slavia Prague Fox Hunting. Oh, that's mind games. Yeah, it was mm. against the it Foxes. It was mind games, mm. and it was nil nil, obviously. So maybe to a certain extent, I guess it kind of worked. Uh, sorry, Spurs were at the the in in Budapest, weren't they? Who I can't remember who was playing at the Wankdorf Stadium. But anyway, we wanted to address that in case anybody. No, yeah, Spurs played at the Pushtis Arena. Sorry, I should have picked up on that. With yeah, you no, they they, yeah, yeah. they 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 were there. Uh, but it was a good win for for Spurs, beating Wolfsburger four uh, one. All about Gareth Bale, a cracking goal. That is a lovely. It's amazing chop. what Gareth Bale can do when he's up against people who. Arguably, I have no idea what defending. Is. <laughs> I mean, I, when he did that turn and that and to go on to like, I don't want to be too critical because obviously these guys are professional athletes. They're far more impressive physically than I'll ever I'll just be slag them off. Been. All right, fine. They're, they're wankers. Yeah, and no, they're wankers. I just don't know why. And maybe it's just one of those things that's easier said than done. But in the prep, the guy who looks after Wolfsburger, I can't remember the name of the coach, didn't say, so you've heard of Gareth Bale, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He quite favours his left foot. Yeah, so, but, but hang on. I have he's... sympathy with the defender here because he had an assist before that where he crossed it with his right onto Son's head. Oh, he's, he, oh, he's thrown him. Yeah, exactly. He's actually thrown oh, yeah. him there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's what he did. So perhaps the defender thought, oh, I know his game. He's going to cross it with his right. He's He's stopped using the left and obviously he got done like a kipper. 
Yeah. He got sent for a fucking hot dog. He really... I don't even know he's come back yet, has he? No, I don't think he has. And then the goalkeeper thought, well, I'm not going to save that. So bang, <laughs> uh, it went in. Uh, but it was, it was, it was better. Oh, by the way, what about that goal by uh, Luke Moore, a.k.a. Lucas Moura? I told you, it was a beauty. But again, the, the, the team that he was playing against just don't know how to, to defend. Do you think that's why you, on, from the bench you could just hear, run, Lucas! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was over. That was very audible, wasn't it? From from the on the uh, on the replay, I remember hearing it. Oh yeah. Um, the the um, the thing is though, again, uh, easier said than done. But that's the job we've got here to talk about things that we think are good and things that we don't think are good. That's true. I don't know how you feel about it, Vish, but like, just fucking foul him, bring him down, stop him, do do something. Nah. You know what I mean? He's, you're not you're not. He's not so fast that it's in, impossible to stop him. Yeah, he, he's threatened to do that quite a few times, Lucas Moore. He, he's really keen to to slalom and yeah he I was trying to think of where they could have fouled him actually but by, by the time he gets to the edge of the box it's too far and they actually try and make authentic attempts to get the ball but yeah, the I, bell- I just, I've never heard anyone describe a player before as keen to slalom yeah <laughs> well, I, I would have described it as the slalom shake where uh... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, very good. Uh, scouting report. He's very keen to slam. By the way, looking ahead to the weekend, though, with, with the game against Spurs, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, but Mourinho suggested that that Bale might start this weekend, which which would be. I mean, he's just, just saying good. that. If he doesn't Do say think... that, he'll post on Instagram saying, "Oh, I'm looking forward to starting on the weekend." So I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting. Son Hyun Min said last night, "I have a very close relationship with Gareth." I'm happy, very happy he's getting game time and scored a goal and got an assist. I really enjoy playing with him. Did Gareth Gareth Bale's people hand him a piece of paper to say that? (laughs) (laughs) But alongside, they're treating me very well. (laughs) Gareth Bale treats me really well. And uh, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. While blinking torture in Morse code. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Bale's agent, though, Jonathan Barnett, has been chipping off about Madrid. I think in time people will realise how badly the fans treated him when they should thank him every day of the, his life. And it's like I, I mean, I, I, I've I mean, not to kind of blow the old trumpet. I've personally interviewed Jonathan Barnett, and it oh, was yeah. about six years ago, and he said exactly the same thing then. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's been banging that drum for quite some time. Oh, right. But I think this game against West Ham will be fascinating. Oh, yeah. uh, obviously, it's always a fiercely contested game anyway, but it's a really good measure of, of almost like of West Ham's credentials, really, because Spurs are a team who can be got at and who, you know, obviously a lot has been said about Mourinho because a lot is always said about Mourinho, but they've he's been hammered in terms of... Um, in terms of the way he sets his teams up these days. I heard um, Jamie Carragher and Michael Cox talking about it uh, a while back, maybe earlier this week. Uh, I think it was covered a bit on Monday Night Football as well. So I don't know what you guys feel like, but I, I feel like West Ham are obviously a team who are very, very good in certain areas and can ask a lot of questions of this of this Spurs team, particularly in, in defence. There was talk earlier this week that Tanganga might have to play right back. Um, so, I mean, that's immediately an area that could be targeted. They're not that good defensively, Spurs. They seem to play very, very deep. Uh, I guess the positive for them is that they rested Kane for the Europa League game and he'll he'll start. But, I mean, I, I don't think Bale will start, by the way. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think that'll happen. No, yeah, fair enough. Well, um, I, I, I mean, West Ham, obviously, they, they're gunning for fourth position, Vish. So it's, it's, it's a big game for them. Yeah, it's, a, it's quite a neat little match up between two managers who I think at the start of the season, maybe even like we go a little bit further than that when they took their respective jobs, like a lot of people have already made their minds up about them. And if you if you were to tell me back then that one of them would have 
you know, I suppose completed a bit of a 180. I would have I'm just absolutely not told you it would be David Moyes. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's interesting to see how Moyes copes with not just this weekend, but the run in a bit. Because I think it's the first time that he's, the pressure's off him in, in terms of, you know, people who are acknowledging widely that he's doing a very good job. And now it comes to ambition. And I think ambition is something he's had to suppress. And you could argue he suppressed it even in his early days at Manchester United, to be fair. And I, I do wonder how he how he would set out for this game because your gut tells you that this is a Spurs side that you can wait for them to make a mistake, but you really, really need to pounce on it. And I think when you've seen how he's set up against certain big teams, you know, I covered the game at, um, at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge where they were just a little bit too... I suppose vanilla, I suppose, in the way they went about it. I covered the game at um, the London Stadium against Manchester United where they you know, sprung to a lead and then didn't really know what to do with it. So I think they need to find a halfway house between the two because you, you've, we've seen with this Spurs side over the last month, there's a lot of questions being asked of Mourinho. And if you can just prey on that insecurity by absorbing a bit of pressure and then really hitting them and hitting them hard, then there's no reason why they can't emerge from this with three points, I don't think. I, th- yeah. I think that's right. Sorry, Mark, I was just going to say very quickly, I also think that one thing that you've alluded to but haven't explicitly mentioned, which I'm happy to do so, Vish, is that if you put pressure on this Tottenham team, they'll crumble. Yeah. They'll make a mistake. You see it happen time and time again. Mistakes just, just get made. So if, you, if they can execute some pressure onto them, particularly being the home team, particularly with the makeup they've got, they've got some tricky, creative, actually obviously quite quick players as well, West Ham, they can put pressure on Spurs. And at the back, they will crumble. And one of them will make an error, whether it's a dire, stupid decision, or <clears> Lloris <throat> will drop something, or they'll have a player in there who's not played an awful lot of football like Tanganga. And they will make mistakes. And if West Ham can show the confidence and they can get big J-lings on the ball, oh, yeah. who's started like an... I mean, he's been an absolute firework at West Ham. <laughs> it's amazing to see, Marcus. One of your one of your beautiful boys from the summer of 2018. One of our beautiful boys, for crying Jim's out loud. Vicious throwing up the J-ling sign. He has. And, it, and I think we all should. And he should have had that winning goal against the Netherlands in uh, the <laughs> Nations League. And it was given offside because of VAR. And that's why I hate VAR. Yeah. The one thing that is going to be a potential issue for West Ham is Antonio. I don't think at the time of recording we know if he's going to be available. I think he looks unlikely. Given an update yeah. today about it, yeah. It, He's a doubt. Um, Mourinho was asked about how he's he's perhaps going to sort of resurrect Spurs' season, if you like, considering they were, you know, in the title race not that long ago, and now that seems rather fanciful. And he said, first of all, we have a final to play in our pocket. It's there, and it has a zip. The zip is closed. We only opened the zip on the twenty fifth of April. <laughs> Luke, you are. I asked, is it, Jose? Luke, you like to uh, you like to unzip things. Uh, what do you think? Ah, uh, it's true. I'm, I'm always wearing tracksuit bottoms these days. That's well, yeah. um, <laughs> Just as I was going to say that um, if he carries on like this, he might not even be the manager in April. So I'm, I'm too well, much I don't know. It. I mean, Sergio Aurier has been speaking about Mourinho's way with the players and he said he's changed. He hangs out a bit more with the players and I like that. Hanging out yeah. with the boys. Yeah, I mean, I can I can imagine hanging out with Serge Aurier is a bit of a roller coaster, to be honest. I could imagine so. Yeah, um, nothing nothing better than hanging out with your boss, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Indeed, uh, gentlemen, Merseyside derby, of course, this weekend. Um, it's a big one. Um, Jurgen Klopp earlier said this week, nobody is happy with being fourth and only having forty points and being level on points with Everton. Lovely little dig. Boom! Come what on, a dig. get the spade out. Yeah, digging all over the place. <laughs> Great to see. Can I? Can I? Um, can I chuck something out there? Because I'll be keen to hear what what both of you think about it. But 
obviously there's been a lot of noise from from a certain section of, of Liverpool fans about mm-hmm. about Klopp, specifically about whether we're at the end of this cycle with, yep. with Klopp at Liverpool. And now I think that's categorical bollocks on a, on a number of fronts, not least because it's clear that he still has a hold over these players and these players are still incredibly talented. But I wondered if... Part, you know, I was I was looking back at his time at Dortmund, and because he's so, because he's so emotionally invested in in everything mm-hmm. he does in the team and the players, and the success and defeat clearly have a you know a quite a strong well at least a strong reaction from him, and it's clearly going to cut away at him when things aren't going as well as they are now. Because mm-hmm. I think this could be the first time in in ages that they potentially lose uh, four on the bounce in the league, which is remarkable, really. Yeah. Um, do you reckon like it might be we might be in a situation where just simply for his state of being and and for Liverpool that they might part because I, I wondered if actually this is the kind of situation that arises where he just thinks right maybe the, the emotional tax on me is is too much rather than I can't do this anymore on a on a professional level. I, I think I think there's definitely merit in the idea that if you're somebody who's so emotionally led like Klopp is, it kind of exhausts you, right? Mm. And people have said the same thing about Pep, like he has to get he has to get break, he has to have a regular break and everything. And that's why it was quite surprising, wasn't it, at the time when he announced that he signed a new deal with City, and and now what's happened subsequently is well, he's found is, a second happened. wind in a, in a weird way. It seems he? like it, doesn't it? Yeah, I yeah. didn't think and, he would, to be honest with you. No, but I, th- I think with Klopp, it might. Work. I don't think the idea. I, I, I'm surprised you said that, Fish, because I mean, I must read different publications to you, but then you're a professional and I'm not, so you're. I'm sure you're absolutely right, but to me, it was the um, the idea that Klopp was just exhausted, and he was, and I didn't mm. think it was the idea that he was going to be relieved of his position. It was just a talk that he was going to be fired. Sorry, he was going to resign because he was under pressure personally, and 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 he had invested a lot of himself in it. I mean, one thing I would say is that pressing the old have a look over there at Everton button it's not a great sign (laughs) it's not a sign of a confident manager so I wonder whether that's kind of playing on his mind a little bit and this game's got great subtext because I'm waiting to see which one who's going to take revenge on Jordan Pickford first in this game oh Uh, god yes there's been some Liverpool players who probably went a long time for this my money's on Jordan Henderson but we shall see I I think that's quite fanciful thinking I reckon Um, Virgil van Dijk's music's going to go and he's going to come out with a chair and that's Virgil van Dijk's music (laughs) yeah it's like marches up the tile like Vince McMahon Uh, Ancelotti said that uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin will be back apparently they've they've not had him in the past couple of games which he's been a bit of a miss uh, Vish do you think that uh, could Ancelotti just be saying that so they plan for Dominic Calvert-Lewin or do you believe Carlo I believe Carlo I don't think he'd lie Mm -hmm. to us like that no I don't think he would you know, he told us what was in his cup, and we appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he'd tell us what's in his plans. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I mean, if you if you think about it, I know that you don't want to bring anyone back too soon. But this is a kind of game you'd want him for, wouldn't you? And I reckon if he was if he was eighty percent, just having him on the field, I feel like because of the way he occupies centre backs and the issues that Liverpool have had back there. You'd, yeah, you'd want him, wouldn't you? And then that would allow Richarlison to do his wandering thing. Because I don't think Richarlison's as effective through the middle as he is when he's allowed to just kind of roam on the wing, yeah. Richarlison's one of those players who, you know, if he was playing in this country in the 90s or the, or the noughties in a four four two kind of thing, he'd probably get a bit lost. Well, he'd only be two, wouldn't he? Sorry? He'd only be two years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Come on, let me have that one, Spreader. Let me have that one. Open the door to your heart and let that one in. He'd he'd have other concerns, but he'd be shitting himself, he'd be crying. (laughs) Um, Very manoeuvre on his nappy. Probably can get boots in his size. Just getting used to his own teeth. I mean, Uh give the guy a break. Well, I don't know. I think he would would display a dummy a bit more now and then. (laughs) There we go. See, now you're on board. (laughs) Hell of a dribbler. It's fine. Hell of a dribbler. Hell of a dribbler. Oh dear! Exactly. No, throwing his toys out of the pram if he gets. Yeah. But um, of course, there, there's been uh, question Has he marks. He's been sent off. It's his nap. It's his nap time. It's fine. <laughs> oh dear! Did you see this um, question? Fabrizio Colic Chini. Yeah, that's enough now. Yeah, you've right, gone too far. You've gone too far. Yeah. You're disrespecting him now. Uh, there's question marks over Thiago Alcantara um, since he's gone to Liverpool. Although he's a lovely player, I don't think anybody would. Uh, would suggest otherwise. Came into his own in, in the game of midweek. Michael Owen said, he pulls on your heartstrings. Does he mean he pulls the strings in the centre yeah. of the pitch? Yeah, okay. I, I, think, he could, I mean, maybe Michael just feels really emotionally invested in the If I was Michael, because... I, he, maybe he pulls on the hamstrings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I thought, when I, when I read that quote, I thought, oh, what he means is yeah. it makes Michael Owen really... But nostalgic for the kind of through balls that he could latch onto that Thiago Silva would be playing. Maybe that's but, it. But when no, but when you describe it like that, Michael's just basically said something they didn't mean. Yeah. I mean, I've seen his output before, so I, 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 I'm, it's I Occam's want, razor for me. I once interviewed him for the Ramble, and I appreciated that 35 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You respected it a great deal, didn't you? From from one five foot eight striker to another. Yeah. Who's uh, the best? Who's the best finisher? Uh, I think probably him, but. I think my prowess spurred him on. Yeah, so I don't know why I'm saying Thiago Silva when I obviously mean Thiago Alcantara. I've got confused by my... I mean, I'm a huge fan of Thiago Silva, mm-hmm. so that's probably why. Obviously, I know the difference between the two players. Sorry sorry about that. It's been a long Friday already. After laying right. into Michael Owen's output. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's ironic, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. Know oh, your Tiago's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right, everybody. Remember uh, that you can get all the European football chat you desire over on On the Continent, which is, of course, on Football Ramble Presents. If you fancy that, hit subscribe so you can hear more about uh, these foreign beauties like uh, Tiago Silva and Tiago Alcantara. But before they come to the Premier League, of course. Yeah. So you're ready when they come to the Premier League. Ha ha ha. I know and all the- about that, friends. And the bonus would be that Andy probably and his team won't mix up the players, which is yeah. obviously a bonus. You'd, you'd, you'd hope not. All right. That's confusing. Let's have a quick break. Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. Mm. Yeah, that that is what you think it is, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. An insight into the WhatsApp group, everyone. <laughs> I, I When I got that, I played it, obviously not knowing what it was, but I mean, more fool me. If you get a voice note from Pete Donaldson, get your headphones on at least. Yes. yes. And Olympia... Olympia now, by now, just through exposure, like, you know, second-hand exposure, is used to Pete without breaking her gaze or turning to me, she just went, who does he want to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> now would have been better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, oh dear. The man is a force of nature. Right, ladies and gentlemen, let's have some emails. Just in the show Can read it out. Well done. 
An email from Jenny Silver. Thank you, Jenny. The National League news has hit some particularly hard in Gloucester. Gloucester City AFC were top of the National League North. Yes, North, long story. How does that work? In their first season back at their own ground after 13 years in exile, our old ground flooded in 2007 and took a long time to sort it. To sort it, sorry. The fans who have had to trace all over the county and beyond to various ground shares for far too long have been able to attend one game at New Meadow Park, an FA Trophy match. What the fuck is going to happen with the FA Trophy? <laughs> and yeah. now I've seen the best season ever, null and voided. It just sucks. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's a real shame. I mean, look, it's, it's a real shame. And I think it's something that we don't talk about enough on this show and that isn't talked about, I think, enough generally is that we are probably seduced into things being fine in football because the majority of fans particularly at the moment obviously none of us can go to games and we just watch the top level football on tv but you know football at the grassroots level and at a much lower level is in a right old state and we have talked about it a bit to be fair marcus haven't we we said you know Mm -hmm. what's going to happen because all these all these clubs financial uh, resources are just being completely cut off and then you've got the situation at national league north and south level where they're going to abandon the season what happened last season happened as well. We have points per game and all the rest of it. And it, like to me, I don't know if this is a mainstream opinion or not, but I'll just put it out there. I think people should be finding the money. The football family should be finding the money to support these teams at this level because they found the money to support them for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And the second half of the season seems to have changed for some reason. And now we've got a situation where a load of fans, genuine, really passionate fans of, of non-league clubs, mm-hmm. are suffering yet again for a season, and the players and the staff, of course, where it's just a complete waste of time. It's really, really frustrating. Yeah, no, well said, mate, well said. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a bit, of, a bit more about that story as it uh, develops over the, the next sort of days and weeks and whatnot. Um, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at Football Ramble if you want to get involved in the correspondence. Right, gentlemen, back to the Premier League. Arsenal are facing Manchester City this weekend. Arteta up against Pep, of course. Arteta's lost three of his four games against Guardiola, including that 4-1 thrashing in the League Cup in December. Of course, the reason why Pep Guardiola has been successful is, according to Allardyce, is that they've become a big club on the fact they've spent at least £450 million just on defenders. Yeah, can, can, can I pile in on Sam Allardyce? Does anyone mind? No, not at all. No, please, please do. Um, <laughs> I mean, he took over at West Brom after the one-all draw with City yeah. and they were two points from safety. Right, Since then, they've won one game mm-hmm. and are now 12 points from safety and will be relegated, right? So you think, why has he become... Why is he this, just this run-to-quote guy who's... who's <laughs> talking about all these other teams all the time uh, because he went on to say that he would have taken Everton to fourth or something if he had stayed there that was his target well when he was at Everton he took over in November when they were 13th and they stank the place out to claw their way to eighth they finished 26 points off fourth so I don't understand where this is coming from well I do understand where it's coming from he's a fucking you know it's perhaps ironic for me to say but he's a loud mouth and he just wants to deflect from the fact that he's done a terrible job at West Brom and he's fired the trying to accentuate the myth that he's never been relegated which also isn't true um, and so to me it just feels if I was a West Brom fan I would have a lot of um, sympathy for Slavin Bilic because of what he did to deliver the team back to the Premier League and it was fired when everything was still to play for and they haven't got an amazing squad of players they bring in Big Sam who's got this reputation that somehow he still has 
And they've, he's, done, he's done categorically a worse job. And the only quotes you can get out of him are what he would have done if he was in this position and what he could do if he was this manager. So you are the manager of West Brom now and you're fucking it up. So concentrate on that first, mate. Vish, do you have a counterpoint to that? No, no, I totally agree. I was going to say also, you know, slagging off Slavin Bilic for not just, you know, he took Slavin Bilic's job and then complained about where Slavin Bilic was now managing. You know, oh, I could have gone out to China as yeah. Bilic did. I think, you know, he's just someone who feels like the game owes him something. And I think the only thing he should be given is some salsa for that fucking, that big fuck off chip on his shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> go on, Vish. Nice one, Vish. Did you put <laughs> chips in, in salsa? Yeah, mate, yeah, should. of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Not I'd... chip. I think he means like nacho chips. Yeah. You know. yeah. Oh, do you? I was thinking yeah. more of a of a French Tortilla fry chips. No, because <laughs> Sam Allardyce. I think maybe a bit of gravy or tomato ketchup. Oh, I bet yeah. he douses his <laughs> chips in vinegar, doesn't he? Uh, I don't know why though no Come gravy's on. the one you want and that's the southern saying the, that let's stick to the subject here let's not have a go at the guy for that no exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's fair I mean he is right that they've spent an awful lot of money on defenders and I think if anybody had 450 million quid just on defenders it would improve the side but nevertheless Manchester City are playing superb football this season I mean Pep's delivered them a number of trophies and, and surely they're going to get at least another one uh, this season uh, Vish but perhaps Arsenal can well, in fact, even if Arsenal win, it doesn't really blow any title race wide open, does it? It just sort of prolongs it, perhaps. It'd be like if they were running and stepped in a puddle. You know, it's not, <laughs> not going to bring them down in any way. But yeah. hey, I'm quite keen to see how, to see how this this plays out. I mean, like City, you know, we've spoken about them and how relentless they are, and Arsenal feel like they they are kind of building something, but they've got like a few. It does seem like they they're starting to have some some tactical things to iron out, like, uh, you know, playing Emil Smith-Rowe on the wing because they want to accommodate a few more their established players in the middle is quite interesting. Odegaard. Well, Odegaard. Played, yeah, played very well. What would well. you think of that? Because Martin Keown had his, has his reservations about putting Smith-Rowe out wide because he says Smith-Rowe's done really, really well. And he feels that Odegaard's had a few nice touches, but when he's not got the ball, he's not working too much. What do you think of that? Well, I thought... I thought maybe, well, this is the thing, I thought maybe we were working towards a situation where they would just be a little bit more fluid. One of the things that irritated me a little bit with Arsenal at the start of the season was that players like Saka were being, mm -hmm. I suppose, forced to just run in one lane, essentially, to operate either kind of on on the right or left wing. And I, did, I thought it was counterproductive because it just made them a bit a bit stodgy in the final third. And when with Smith Rowe coming in, it, it did seem like you know there was a bit more dovetailing. Lacazette in particular was someone who I, I didn't I was a massive fan of him dropping back because I thought he was quite limited. But you know he ended up doing really well. Obviously Aubameyang's back in a scoring mood after last week. So I thought maybe it was just a, a teething problem really that you know once Odegaard gets used to it, he'd be able to to be used in that kind of system but mm -hmm. I mean if, if Martin Keown's worried maybe I'm worried as well but he, he does seem quite worrisome generally so mm -hmm. I, I don't <laughs> think it, I don't think it's a, a particularly big issue because I think Smith Rowe is talented enough to to do any of those kind of jobs yeah would you worry if you had a counter opinion to Martin Keown and he heard about it and then when lockdown's over he saw you he might kind of jump up like he did that time for Ruben Nistelrooy, <laughs> and sort of celebrate in your face that he, if he was proved to be right. You know, it's funny you mentioned this because I, I think I, I um, relayed this story on the Football Ramble Discord. But um, when I was working at Four Four Two, I I called up Martin Keown for an interview, and it was specifically about this t the time he spent in Ireland as a teenager, where he played a lot of Gaelic football, and he said it kind of helped him um, mm. with his defending, and he said he got him it got him a really good vertical jump. <laughs> 
and um, he was like, yeah, so it made me, it made me quite robust, and like, people were beating the shit out of me, but you know, it helped me, it helped toughen me up, and it helped me get a good leap. And I said, oh, like with um, with Van Nistelrooy, just been a really petty. <laughs> Really Excellent. How, how old were you at the time? I would have been... 22? No, not 22. So it would have been like 2012. So what's that, oh, okay. five years ago? Yeah, so like... You know, what 20. did he say? And he, he just... The phone went silently and went, why are you bringing that up? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and to really? be fair, And to be fair to him, to be fair to him, he, well, like, I think the interview went on for like five, ten minutes afterwards and he was good as gold. And he, he could have turned because there was absolutely no need for me to bring that up. Yeah, but he's obviously kind of... I don't know if he's ashamed of it, but people have given him a bit of crap over that over the years. Whereas I think... Would he not just sort of laugh it off, maybe? I know, but when when you're doing someone a favour, when you're answering a stranger's phone call to give them an interview, they pipe <laughs> off like that. Like, I'd... Fair play to him, yeah. Just on the Odegaard thing, is it... I mean, I might have missed something here, but did Arsenal sign Odegaard... As, as this kind of obviously it's number 10 type player because mm. they weren't convinced that Emil Smith-Rowe was ready at this point. Possibly. And they, because, because it seems weird that they signed someone in exactly the same position. I know that Odegaard is left-footed and Smith-Rowe is right-footed, so I suppose you could play them on different flanks and they could, you know, because obviously a lot of attacking players like to play on the opposite flank and cut inside these days. So there's a lot of flexibility there. But it seems a bit deflating for someone like Smith-Rowe to be to show what he can do. And he has been good. And he, and he does look good. To me, he does look good enough. And obviously, he's going to improve. It's a bit deflating to see a player with such a big reputation as this wonder kid to come in and play in exactly the same position as you because you probably think... And he's a young man, right? So he probably thought, like, oh, hang on a minute. Two weeks ago, I was the wonder kid at this club. And mm-hmm. and now I'm being kind of carted around. So it'll be just interesting to see how that develops. Well, um, if, you, if you think about it, look, he's playing where Willian might have played. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. And he's yeah. been a bit of criticism. Although Arteta... I mean, you decide whether he sort of defended him or not when he says about Willian. What he's doing, the way he's trying, the way he's working, the way he's pushing to give everything to the team is what I demand. Whether he is more or less successful in the game is another matter. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to own up to the fact that for the first maybe three or four months of Willian at Arsenal, mm-hmm. I defended him to the hilt, partly to annoy Jim. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and after a while, I just had to throw my, I just had to wrap my hand in. I can't do it anymore, mate. I'm afraid. I'm sorry. I mean, fair enough. It's a shame because we know he's got quality. We saw it at Chelsea, but he's been, he has been a little bit disappointing. And I, I think you did touch on something though, very, very quickly. I, I think when they play against a team like Man City, I've noticed what one of you guys mentioned as well with Odegaard without the ball. I mean, they need to be right on it, and they need to be just working so hard when they won't have the ball, which of course they won't uh, a lot of the time against Man City. And I wonder, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if he starts the game. I suspect he might get picked, but I mean, it'll be a real a real challenge for him because he doesn't look like he, he works as hard as some of the other players off the ball, in my yeah. opinion. Indeed. Uh, General, I'd like to turn our attentions to uh, a, a very strange happening uh, from France. Um, have you heard of Gregory Ackelrod? I think it's I haven't. Well, he seems to be Europe's answer to Carlos Kaiser. Now, some people might not know Carlos Kaiser. He was the Brazilian ex-pro who never actually played much. At... There's a film made about him, Marcus, wasn't there? There was a film. There's a book yeah. as well. He was this guy who I think he might have played ten minutes of a of a an actual professional game somewhere in the world. But he basically he was a blagger, and he said, oh, "I'm Romario's friend" and all this kind of stuff, and and managed to get signed <laughs> for various clubs. And then when he turned up to the club. 
they were a bit like, hang on. And then he would sort of feign injury and go, oh, I can't play. But he would still pick up the wages, live a bit of the footballer's lifestyle, but never actually play. I think he got transferred to a side in France, maybe Nice or somewhere. I can't quite remember. But he did go to a few different places and had like his 10-year career, but never really played a game. <laughs> or how, maybe... how good do you reckon he actually was, though? He's probably still quite a good player, right? I, well, he, he must have looked the part. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Uh, but this guy, though, so 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 Gregory uh, Ackelrod apparently created a fake website claiming that he was an up and coming star in in the PSG reserves. Why aren't you on the PSG website? Ah, I've got my own one. <laughs> That's alarm bell straight away. You're asking. You're asking. You're saying that he he might be quite good. This is an extract from the piece itself. Go on. Between between the age of ten and eighteen, Ackelrod was banned from playing football due to his lack of ability. <laughs> So that's just not that's not professional football. That's any football between the ages of ten and eighteen. I mean, I, I'm a poor player, but I've never been banned. Think of, no think, of all the, think of all the issues that football has had over the years, and the mm. idea that you could single-handedly bring it into disrepute simply by playing it. <laughs> that's what he had to deal with. That's how it's, good he was. That's amazing. Well, he, he we'll, par- have, we'll have Nelly Yower in touch. If we oh, can't right. <laughs> get, I'll get yeah. Nelly back in there. Yeah. He, he, he apparently did trials at Norwich, Bournemouth, and Swindon, and he even signed a fifteen grand a month contract at CSK Sofia before they realised he was a fake. Was that before or after Alan Pardew? Because well, if, was... when, if Alan Pardew was involved as technical director at that point, that would be amazing. You have to admit, that would be amazing. That would be absolutely superb. Oh, dear. Yeah, and now now he's an agent helping young players get into academies. Yeah. I mean, presumably... It's like asking a, a notable art forger yeah. to help you with your art career. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to be ostracised if I work with you. That'll be fine. <laughs> I'll show you where all the gaps in the fences are. Um, I'll tell you what, I may not be much of a player, but I am a bloody good judge of a player. Yeah, but not yourself, weirdly. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Testing the fences for weaknesses is not something you want from from an agent. I think that uh, maybe he'll be that bad as an agent. He'll be banned from being an agent as well. (laughs) I do not know. Just an incredible story. I implore you to to check out that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Right, let's have some Betway 4 to score. Yeah, it's time for Betway's Four to score. We do it this time every single week. Uh, it's absolutely free to enter. You just pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches. For your chance to win that weekly £50,000 jackpot, make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. Marcus, am I right in saying, as ever, you fronted up the game one last week and you got it right? Is that right? I think it was the first of the season. Yeah, well done. Listen, it's a platform, isn't it? It's a platform. Indeed. You've got West Ham v Spurs this mm-hmm. week, um, and you're up first again. Um, who have you gone for? Yeah, I, I, it was a difficult one to pick, because obviously Antonio, I'm not sure. I quite fancied him for a goal, but I don't know if he's going to play or not. So I thought, I'll play it a bit safe and go for Sun. Oh, very nice. Okay, good stuff. Um, Vish, you are up second. You have got the game. Let me just bring it in front of me. Aston Villa v Leicester. Yeah, I'm going to go for Harvey Barnes. I thought about James Madison, but no. So Harvey of Barnes it is. Very nice. Okay. I mean, well, it could be Jamie Vardy. We heard about the fake Jamie Vardy yesterday, which I enjoyed a very... I mean, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. I enjoyed that a great deal. Um, so, yeah, Harvey Barnes. Game three is Jim. Jim's got game three. It's Arsenal v Man City. I like the fact that we gave that to Jim mm-hmm. because he has to think about that game. Yep. I, I imagine he preferred not to. Uh, here's, uh, here's what he said. Hello, everybody. This is Jim. Uh, for four to score this weekend, I have got Arsenal against Man City. And though it pains me to not pick an Arsenal player, I think it's going to be Raheem Sterling that opens the scoring. City are very good at getting him behind you. And, um, you know, just... 
getting Sterling's little tap-ins from, from, from wide areas. So I expect that's what's going to happen. So my choice is Raheem Sterling. Yep, so not going for a Man City. I'm not going for an Arsenal player. Not not a huge surprise. Um, so Raheem Sterling for Jim. Game four is Man United v Newcastle. That's on Sunday night. That's me. I've gone for Marcus Rashford. Mm. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, uh, I think Vish is that a sensible pick. You're the you're the designate. You're the I, resident Man United expert. I think so. I think so. I'm uh, I'm banking on him to get a couple. Yeah. I mean, I'd be mad to go for a Newcastle player, wouldn't I? <laughs> Let's be fair. Um, so, in summary, then, that is Sun Hyung Min, Harvey Barnes, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford. If those four players each score first in their respective games, we will win £50,000 for charity. Make sure your selections, if you want to play, are submitted before the first game, though. And further season C's apply. You must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. For more information, head to begambleaware.org. All right, that was Betway's Four to Score. This is Luke's game. It's one of those games that's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. Yes, indeed. It's the most exciting time of the week. If you are um, Marcus, he loves it. I love it as well. Fish is going to bottle this. Look at this. Look at his little face. <laughs> the mind games have started. Let me just get my notepad out. You, even have, you don't even have the belt anymore. What are you piping up for? Yeah, I gave it to Andy for a bit. Yeah. I think last time I checked, he was still the people's champion, Vish. Yeah. <laughs> That's a belt that money can't buy you. <laughs> if, you, if, you want, if you want to be the heel, commit to it. Yeah. I just think I don't want to waste my time on someone who doesn't have anything that I want. <laughs> Isn't that what your wife said? <laughs> hey. It's too late. Right. We've already we... signed it. <laughs> yeah, you can't go back on it now. If you do, you're weak. <laughs> right. Here we go. Vish, you're up first. Go on, Okay. Vish. Everyone knows how to play. But to be successful in this game, you do need fire in your belly and your head in the freezer. Let's see who's got it. Vish, you're up first. This guy's played for six clubs in total. He retired in 2015. Uh, he is Robert Pires. Robert Pires. And as I have to remind you, as always, contractually obliged to do so by our generous sponsors, a quick game is a good game. Jesus. Robert Pires, six clubs. Robert... We'll be playing along at home. They'll be looking for that sweet spot number. The crucial early bid, the first bid in the player, is a very, very crucial moment. Can you get the sweet spot, Fish? I need a number from you not, right now, please. Go on, Fish. I'm going to go for two. Oh, that's not the sweet spot, Marcus, <laughs> is it? Uh, I'll have to say three then. Okay, Fish, do we hear four from you? You know what? You don't. I don't think you do. Okay, so Marcus, I'd like to have three clubs that Robert Perez has played for, one at a time, if you don't mind, for your chance to win the first point of the game. I'll be honest, I think two probably was the sweet spot. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. we'll find out. We'll, okay. We shall soon see. All right, Arsenal. That's rather obviously correct. Villarreal. Move there from Arsenal, also correct. So you've got two, you need one more. Aston Villa. There's your three. One point Come to Marcus. On. Well played. Very well done. Um, yeah, is, is Aston Villa time probably easily forgotten, but you can. Yeah. it's one of those ones where you can picture him in an Aston Villa kit, can't yeah. you? So um, he started his career at Mets, then he went to Marseille, Arsenal, Villarreal, Aston Villa, and uh, one of those clubs, that if you name that, I'll give you the money myself, <laughs> ended his career at FC Goa. Oh, right. So, uh, who could forget such an illustrious reign? And what a um, goer he was. <laughs> so, I don't think he was. That was the problem. <laughs> um, right. So, uh, Marcus, you're up second. Oh, sorry, you're up first this time for the second player. Um, chance to go 2 0 ahead. 
This guy's played for seven clubs. He, um, I believe he retired last year, but I'm not entirely clear on that, but I believe he did. Um, he is Andre Schurler. Andre Schurler. Hmm. I used to be a big, big admirer of Andre Schurler. Really enjoyable player to watch, where he used to glide around. Andre Schurler. What do I hear from you, Marcus? You've got a potential seven clubs. How many can you do? Three. Three? Vish, you are frantically writing away on your notepad. How many can you can you beat three for a bid? Four. Oh, nice, Marcus. Do we have five from you? Surely that's a stretch. Mm, let's have his. Let's have his four. Okay, Vish. So one at a time, please. Can you name four clubs that Andre Schurler has turned out for? Chelsea. That's correct. Borussia Dortmund. That's correct. Also, that's two. Fulham. Yes, of course. That's three. And Schalke? I'm afraid that's incorrect. No. Was it Wolfsburg? That's point did he play market. Wolfsburg? Uh, he did play for Wolfsburg, oh, yeah. Gee, think, that was, uh, Wolfsburg was the one I thought, should I gamble? And I thought, no, I think Vish will mess it up. Well, I think Vish is confused. <laughs> I think Vish has basically done that thing that you should never do in Luke's game, yeah. where you've just chosen a team that sounds like the player's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you didn't name... And he did, played did for Anderlecht as well. <laughs> did Roy Pires play for Paris? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anderlecht Schalke played for seven clubs. He started his career at Mainz, Bayer Leverkusen, Chelsea, Wolfsburg, Borussia Dortmund, Fulham, as I'm sure Marcus remembers. And he's finished his career on loan, I think, at Spartak Moscow. But he yeah. definitely played there. I think his career's finished now. But he did not turn out for Schalke. That is 2-0 to Marcus. Ooh. That is all the work to do for Vish now. He, um, he gets to go first on this game, on this player though, so that is a, a, a chance to get a positive start and bring yourself back into the game. Uh, this player has played for nine clubs. He's still playing. He is Fabio Barini. Ooh. That's a great question. Great player. Nine clubs. How many can you name? I was actually surprised. One of those ones that I was surprised that he played for so many, actually. Mm. But you need to get this one in, Vish, or you've been whitewashed, effectively. I'm going to start with five. That is a very... St- I mean, credit to you. You've come yeah. out swinging there. Uh-huh. I cannot believe Vish has said five. And I, and, I, <laughs> and I am deeply impressed, and I would, I would love him to name the five. I think this is this is a case this, of this could be uh, one of the plays of Luke Moore of Luke, well, Luke's game. Sorry, he's thrashing around here. This is either a genius move or he's about yeah. to soil himself. <laughs> if he gets this, this is one of the this is this is one of the great plays on Luke. Are game. you calling this is up there with Alan Boxer? Oh, I think so. If, if he okay. can get it, all right. So people listening at home can uh, can play along as well as as ever. Five of the nine clubs that Fabio Barini's played for, Vish, you maniac. Chelsea. <laughs> That's correct. Swansea City. That's also correct. Sunderland. That's correct. That's three. Go on, Sad. Liverpool. That's four. Oh, I tell you. AC Milan. He's done it. Blimey. He's done it. Fair well play. Done. Fair Fantastic. play, sir. Fantastic stuff. Did he play for, for Kievo? Uh, Hellas Verona. Oh, Verona. I I, that's yeah. right. It was Verona we saw against Napoli. Sorry, I forget. So Chelsea, Swansea, Parma, Roma, Liverpool, Sunderland... Milan, Hellas, uh, first Verona, and he's currently a club 
called Fatty Karagumaruk, which is in Ooh. Turkey, but I don't. I think they're in Turkey, but I, I, I'm not really. I'm not sure if they're a top flight club or not. Yeah. Um, I should also add that I'm not sure if he actually played a league game for Palmer, so that would have been incorrect. But Ooh, you didn't know. Palmer was my other one. Palmer well was my played. other one. Well, well played, played there. indeed, sir. Dodged a bullet. All right, Marcus, you're up first this time. Chance to, uh, to 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 really bring it home. This player's played for eight clubs. He retired in 2007. In my opinion one of the very best in this position has ever been. And I'm sure lots of people will share that opinion when I say his name, which is Japstam. Big Yap. Eight clubs in total. Ooh. Eight clubs. That is a surprise. Yeah. It is actually, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What a player though, eh? You both oh. must agree. You both agree with me that he's a brilliant footballer. An absolutely phenomenal player. Yeah. I wonder what our listeners will be thinking for a club. I wonder what they can what they can um, pitch for a sweet spot. How many they can name? Because he, he's a player who's obviously very famous, but I mean, eight clubs is a surprising amount. It is. Don't yeah. Start associating with with that many. I don't think. I go for four. Okay. Fish, can I hear five from you? You got the fire in your belly, and you showed in that last player yeah, players. You got you got your head in the freezer as well. What do we What do we hear from you? I'm gonna go for five. Oh, Marcus, do I hear six? I'd like him to do his five. Oh, you're making the same mistake twice. I think I... Well, no, he was so impressive, Fish. I'm quite enjoying his performance. Oh, patronising as it's well. It's only an exhibition right. match, isn't it, Fish? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Fish, so you need to name, please, five clubs that Yapstam's played for. Please don't go one at a time. PSV Eindhoven. That's correct. Manchester United. That's also correct. Lazio. That's also correct. That's your three. AC Milan. That's four. You're one away. That was the four I had. Um, Ajax. He's only gone and done it again. Yeah, there Unreal you go. scenes. Well Unreal played. scenes. Well played, Vish. Well played. So he started his career at FC Zwolle. Uh, then he went to SC Camber, then Willem Tway, and then on to PSV Eindhoven, and then all the teams that you've named finishing his career at Ajax. That's okay, we're going impressive. to a decider. What a comeback are... this would be for Vish. This would be one of the... Oh. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're riding hard. Whatever you, whatever happens now, you've made us a great game. I agree. I agree. I've, I've enjoyed it a great deal. It's, as ever, it's just a pleasure to have a front row seat. Yeah. All right. Uh, Vish, you're up first again for the for the uh, for the uh, decider. This player's played for seven clubs in total. He uh, is currently still playing, I believe. Uh, he is Lucas Podolski. Seven clubs, please. Right, get a bid from you quick as you like. That'd be great. Four. Four. It's nice. Marcus, you're going to hit him back with a five of your own to win. That would be unreal. It would be, wouldn't it? Uh... <sighs> it's a difficult one to judge this, isn't it? It really is. Do you know what? Do you know what? What I'm going to do here is, in the spirit of Luke's game... Vish has been so good. I'm gonna. I am. I. I've, I'm quite fairly confident. I got four. I think. But I you should want go Vish, out on your shield. Go no, five. No, no, no. I want Vish to do his four because he's been so, so good, and it'll be, and it'll get the young lad's confidence up. It's only. <laughs> go on. I want Vish to do his four. You sure you don't yeah. want to go? You yeah, don't I do. Go out on your own terms. No, no. I want him to do four. This is Jim Campbell-esque scenes. This. Yeah. All right, Vish. You got to name four of the seven clubs that Lucas Podolski's played for one at a time, please, for a famous win. Uh, which you've already said at the start of this game means nothing <laughs> go ahead Arsenal into your mic if you don't mind Arsenal correct <laughs> that's one FC Cole 
That's also correct. That's your two. You're halfway there. But are you living on a prayer? <laughs> I think he's got it. Stuttgart? I'm afraid not. No. No. Stuttgart no. is not a team that he's played for. I'm what, afraid. That, that was one of the sides I had down. Was it really? Yeah, no, I had Bayern. I had Stuttgart. I had Bayern, uh, Köln, Arsenal, and Stuttgart. Marcus Speller wins. That's a win for Marcus. Oh, so he started his career at FC Köln, went to Bayern Munich, uh, back to Köln. Arsenal, Inter Milan, Galatasaray. Inter. Inter was yeah. the one. I thought Inter and I thought, oh, no, I, I'm not sure there. Vissel Kobe and then oh. uh, currently, I believe, it Antalya Sport, or he was the last time I checked. Yeah. Definitely play for him. Uh, that's your seven. Marcus wins in what was a pretty dramatic encounter, but Fish, you've had a lot of fans, I think, with that performance today. So I well think, done, you. I think he um, And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to another round of Luke's game next week. And well played, Marcus. Well, well played to you both, actually. Well done, Fish. Although, lesson to that, ladies and gentlemen, give him enough rope. Uh, Give him enough uh, rope, exactly. And and you'll be all right. Oh, Vish, what a way way to to, to end the show. Wonderful stuff there. Uh, Thank you very much uh, for listening to the Football Rumble preview show sponsored by Betway, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. We're back on Monday, of course, to talk about the weekend's action. Till then, say goodbye, Batushan Hantaraja. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Luke Moore. Goodbye. It's goodbye from me, everybody. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.